A friend is a buddy that you love. We bring him on the show to teach us some stuff. And when the show comes to an end, if anyone asks, you must contend. Jason and Kelsey have friends. Jason and Kelsey have friends. All right, welcome to Jason and Kelsey have friends. I'm Jason. And I'm Kelsey. And we are two Bay Area Asians learning from our friends. Jason, you sound like you have food in your mouth. <laughs> Why did you take a huge bite? I don't know. Of I thought pizza? I had time. You sped up this. You sped it up. You sped up this. It's not my fault. You sped it up this time. It's not you, my fault. It was the last line no, of the song, wrong. and you're like, "This is my moment." Usually, the last line to takes nom. conservatively three minutes, and I timed it perfectly. Wow. Anyway, very professional. Very professional. Listen, I want, I'm. We've talked about this before. I'm basically Brad Pitt from Ocean's Eleven. Oh, yeah, because you're constantly eating. I'm constantly eating. That's true. And I've heard that he did that intentionally because their record, their movie scheduling was so aggressive that that was the only time he could actually eat. Oh, he was actually eating? He was actually eating. How, how do you fake eating all that stuff that he's eating? But how about all the other actors? They just... They powered through it. And he was just like, I'm Brad Pitt, so I'm just going to... Brad Pitt, he's got the metabolism of a Greek god, according to Troy. <laughs> yes, so constantly clearly eating, he he's Michael just, Phelps. Exactly, he, just, <laughs> he needs his 7,000 calories a day in order to maintain the Brad Pitt body. That's so interesting. But they like, they film it in so many takes, so he's eating a lot. Yeah, he needs full meals, Mr. Pitt. Oh, cool. So it wasn't like a character choice, it was... It was Cal- is about the calories. It was calculated, <laughs> calculated calories. That's what I like to call it. Nice. Okay. Cool. But I've learned other things besides that. This no, week. no, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you got? So food related, also, not pizza related, as that's what I'm chewing on. Um, but I did find out. I always thought that chips have the air in the bag. Yeah. To prevent. To prevent, the the chips from getting crushed. Oh, I thought that. Yeah, that, it's, that's it, it's not. That. It is not that, and I thought it was filled with like you know just like regular air, just to, you know, almost like those poppers in in boxes at Amazon in order to stop the package from uh-huh. damage. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's not true. They inject the potato chip bags or chip bags with nitrogen. Okay, and it's actually supposed to maintain the chip's freshness. Oh. Yeah. So I was vastly Wait, incorrect. Wait, what? So, so the, ga- so, so the gas okay. they use is nitrogen, and uh-huh. apparently the nitrogen keeps the chip fresh, I guess, longer. But you're saying that they have to add that much air? Because really, it's almost like half a bag of air. I, yes, I assume and, so. I or of nitrogen, I guess. Jason, and they have as, to do that. As a potato chip conglomerate, I can reasonably tell you I think so. <laughs> okay good yeah um surprising yeah it has nothing to do with keeping the chip together they could literally i i, do I don't know, know how if that's the nitrogen ma- keeps it fresh well again as a as an evolutionary biologist i can explain to you so yeah. nitrogen is n <laughs> yeah i think you're right it is so, n. yeah yeah and so mm-hmm. the n in the bag keeps it fresh yeah so the n is like yeah nah that it, to, yeah, yeah, to the exact, scaleness, exactly, it's like so this, nah. let, me, let me explain to you the chemical 
the end is reaction. Saying, nah. What happens is the non-freshness cells come in, uh-huh. and then you got a bunch of ends in the bag, and then the ends just when the non-freshness cells come in, the ends just go, nah, bro. Yeah, and then the non-freshness genes cells, genes or genes. cells, right? <laughs> non-fresh, the non-freshness cells go, ah, damn, man, damn, yeah. man, that sucks. Wow. Cool. So. You're a great uh, political I'm scientist. Very good as I listen, Jason. <laughs> I did not spend four years to get my political science degree. Did not drop science about knowledge. <laughs> uh, cool. But yeah, that's what I learned this week. Yeah, that's right. Don't want to talk to us. Wow. No, that's. I mean, that's essentially what Kelsey said. That is. I yeah. think that's exactly what I said. Yeah. Yeah. I just cool. said it more. I just yeah. said it more technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more of a, like a technical answer. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Great. And the voice everybody heard is actually Kelsey's inner monologue. Yes, that's actually that, that, like the fake to myself. Yeah. He sounds very. He sounds like he's from Boston. I don't know yeah. how that comes off, but that's how my inner my inner thoughts come through. Cool. Yeah. But aside from my inner thoughts, oh, go ahead, inner thought. Uh, oh. Oh. It oh, it does did say stop. stop. Oh, how did that happen? Wait, you went on mute and then wait. How did uh, how? Wow, <laughs> it didn't capture what you just said. I either. hope that was recorded because I. It definitely was not recorded. Oh boy. Okay. Uh-huh. What did you learn this week, Jason? <laughs> um. Okay, so I learned something about the city of Davis, Davis, California. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I know the UC Davis is located yeah, yeah. nearby. So the thing that I learned is that Davis is considered the by some to be the bicycle capital of the world. I think I am not surprised by that. I feel like I've known that. Most people yeah. at Davis, from what I remember when I had applied to Davis, is they bike. Everyone just bikes everywhere because it's so flat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, th- yeah, that's a big part of the reason why. Um, so, they have a platinum ranking from the league of american bicycle bicyclists i guess and part of it is because of the the flatness of the terrain part of it is because of the weather um and also because of its small population i guess so it's not super congested oh interesting but um yeah about 20 percent of residents bike whoa a, uh, as their form of you know transit and whoa uh, the whole city was kind of designed and planned around this idea of being a bicycle city so very wide bike lanes like a lot of like bike only sort of oh that's cool passageways yeah okay is platinum the highest ranking do you know i think so and i think they're currently trying to get like above platinum with double platinum yeah because they ran out of materials i guess and they're just calling it above (laughs) platinum (laughs) um well okay yeah i don't know if this is an interesting thing but i've i don't think i've ever been to davis you've never been to davis it's just something that i've learned are you avoiding davis yeah what's wrong with davis in your monologue um, <laughs> uh, I'm not actively avoiding it. I just haven't had a reason to go visit. It's okay. not really a destination, is it? I don't know. I, I remember Davis, I think, had like, good food. The people who... <laughs> hey, inner, inner, inner thoughts. As my inner thoughts went to UC Berkeley. Stop asking the inner monologue <laughs> questions. Okay. Anyway. So you've never been to Davis. That's pretty shocking to me. Yeah. So that's the thing you learned this I week. I think what you should do is go to Davis and come back and tell me what it smells like. And I'll know if you've been to Davis or not. I, I mean, I heard it smells like cows. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. So anything I've heard about it, like, so that's what's cool about this fact, I think, is this is like the most 
positive thing I've heard about the city, maybe. Wow. <laughs> well, I just didn't realize that there was like such a like a cool thing going on yeah. in Davis. Davis yeah. is happening spot. Yeah. yeah. Cycling capital of the world? Like of I the thought world? I, I thought no, some people call it that. Yeah. Whoa, I thought okay. that was like just something you'd see in like Europe or something. Yeah. I would I would guess yeah. the Netherlands, like Amsterdam would be the same. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. All right, cool. So that's what I learned. Great. And um speaking okay. of being in cities that Kelsey believes has good food. <laughs> our next guest. <laughs> I'm very happy to to welcome to the podcast. He is a PhD candidate in biology at MIT with a degree in molecular and cell biology from UC Berkeley, Woo! where he won the Outstanding Scholar Award and the Spencer W. Brown Award in gen- Genetics, Genomics, and Development. A member, all three? All three. A member of the Biology Grad Student Council and MIT Judo Club. He was a multi-sport high school athlete at Culver City High School, where he was a storied leader of the math club. Above all else, <laughs> he was a he is a former manager of Dojo Dog, Berkeley's premier Asian hot dog food truck. It's Skyler Kim. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey. Oh uh, wow, this is high praise. High praise. Hi, Skyler. Hey. Great Skyler, to be on here. Thanks for having me. I have a yeah. first question for you, and I wrote it in the document. Nine people have endorsed you for your skills in Microsoft Excel. True. <laughs> Is this it's true. true? I am competent. With, what? Uh... Go so ahead. I have a Microsoft Excel question for you. Do you prefer VLOOKUPs or index match? Mm. Honestly, I couldn't hear that. Can you say it again? <laughs> I, was gonna, I wanted to answer it. I just couldn't hear it. Okay. Okay. This is going to get edited out because this is terrible. VLOOKUP or index match? Oh, man. I don't use either of those, man. <laughs> That's weak sauce. That's weak sauce. Yeah, I'm barely He's on macros, like, man. I'm, v- I'm VBA. I'm barely on I'm, macros. I'm on VBA macros, baby. I was actually thinking about this very recently. That um, There was a day when um, I was hanging out with Jason working and i think that i was showing him something some like essay i was writing at the time on word and i was um early on in undergrad and i was still using the mouse to like click on like bold or like in you know like (laughs) italics and stuff and he was like he was like what are you doing please for the love of god like use the shortcuts (laughs) i was thinking about that this week actually as i was like blazing through my qpcr data on my excel sheet that I was like, man, I would be in trouble, or I was like editing nice. stuff too. And I was like, I'd be in trouble if like you know, Jason hadn't turned me on to, um, <laughs> to, to, to short keyboard shortcuts. There, there's a if reason why they're called you. hot keys. Yeah, because they're hot. Yeah, you it's probably wow. saved me like a like a full like ten hours of my lifespan just like across <laughs> the years with you know, one simple tip. You yeah. know what's funny is. Aside from the nine people endorsing him for Microsoft Excel, I want to say 16 people endorse him for Microsoft Office overall, <laughs> Wait, how, which includes Word. This is kind of a novice question, I guess, but how do you get an endorsement in LinkedIn? Like, what does that mean? Uh, what happens is you have to get like four letters of recommendation. Uh-huh. No, you don't. You literally just say, he's good at it, I think. So oh, I can, so, like, I so can endorse you. For, yeah. 
Just oh. all your connections. And could you endorse me? I, I feel can like that's, that's kind of cool. If we're friends, I could say Jason's <laughs> proficient at so so it hot dog. It's unverified. So it having nine endorsements in Excel doesn't I mean, but actually having mean nine, anything. Nine separate people saying that—that's a big deal. It's crowdsource verified, like uh, peer review. Right. It's like—is it collusion, perhaps? But I mean, if nine people, I have, feel like a quick group email, you can get those nine. You know, done. I guess if you're gonna blast something so just be like trivial hey, out. Can you guys please endorse this skill? Hey, I'm. Re- uh, can everyone say I'm really good at everything? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. It's important to have like a good LinkedIn profile, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I agree with that. But and and thankfully this is the topic we're covering with Skylar today is LinkedIn, LinkedIn pro- etiquette. <laughs> how to manage yeah, how, how to, to manage, manage a LinkedIn profile LinkedIn properly. Profile which probably. is great because I that is a website I your, barely use. According to LinkedIn, I'm still in college. Your LinkedIn profile <laughs> is lacking. Yeah. It is there is a lot of things that are missing. Yeah. There's a huge time gap exactly. between when you last logged into LinkedIn. I think the last time I used LinkedIn, their endorsements didn't exist. That's why I don't know what it is. Pretty sure LinkedIn was still they were. It was still a thought. Can you and get you endorsed by like Gatorade? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. So all those yeah. endorsements are from high school. Wow. Oh, oh, they are. Wow. oh, cause you're cause you are. Uh, you're so young. You're a bit on the younger side. <laughs> Yeah, my my dad made me make one when I was like early on in high school, and then all yeah. my friends thought it was funny to endorse each other for things. So that I just never. Nice. Oh uh, wow! Um, before we jump into the topic near and dear to your heart, Skylar, the second thing that's near and dear to your heart is meeting Jason. So how did you meet Jason? Yeah. yeah. So it was I, I went to Berkeley for undergrad, and it was probably the summer near the fall, end of the summer, right before my sophomore year began. Okay. And I was walking along um, Sproul, and I saw this guy who was wearing this shirt, like a baseball tee. It had, like, blue sleeves. Um, it said, mm-hmm. like, Dojo Dog. It had a little Shiba Inu on it, like a hot dog. And I was like, yo, dude, that shirt is dope. How do I get one of those? And then Jason <laughs> said, he was flyering at that point. He's hanging out these flyers. He gave me a flyer, and he was like, come by the truck, and I'll, like, set you up. Wow. Yeah. And so I came to the truck and he um like later that day or whatever, or maybe the next day, I can't even remember, but I came to the truck later on and I said, Hey, I'm that kid that like asked you about the shirt. I think they're really cool. How do I get one of those? <laughs> and then I forget if I asked or if he asked, but at some point he was just like, Do you want a job? And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I think I, I think you had like a help wanted sign or something. I was just like, Oh, you guys, you guys hiring? You're like, Yeah, you want a job? And I was like, Yeah. And then um, I guess like he was like, yeah, send me your resume or something. So I sent him the resume. And then like at some point we had like a very official interview. Are you very serious? Very official. Yes. Okay, hold on. Can- like I was being grilled. <laughs> Literally. Were <laughs> you being on my, on my high school resume, high school level resume? <laughs> I have a question, Skylar. Given that this was a hot dog truck, were you being grilled about grills? <laughs> I was not. I was not. I was being grilled about like high school like leadership experiences. Okay. I have. I, have I don't s- know if this is uh, true. Is I that really so what I did? I remember questions. being salty because all the other interviews I saw you do were super chill, and just mine was intense. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I was I'm the going. first. I was the first hire, I think, by Jason. Oh shoot! Employee yeah. number one. Yeah. yeah. How's that stock besting? Beautifully. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> It's seasoned. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. your stock. I mean, it's vesting, been a lot of years. Yeah. Compounding. Yeah. yeah I was going to say interest. the stock that is in question are just 
year old hot dogs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The dividend yield on a the on dividend a hot yield dog is based is on disgusting. how long the hot dogs stay <laughs> preserved within the juice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Skylar, at this time, uh, given that you were looking for a job in a hot dog truck, right? What was your major at the time, and did that have any inspiration for your current PhD trajectory? Yeah, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do at that time. So oh, I, I, see. I, 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 so I, I got them at the perfect time. <laughs> yeah, I was a massive procrastinator. I'm a massive procrastinator and everything, and I procrastinated on that as well. I think I declared my major in biology like the latest possible date, probably after the possible latest possible date. But um, oh, okay. uh, yeah, at that point, I was just taking classes. I was interested in. I was taking a lot of biology ish classes, like intro to chem and things like that. I was taking a lot of philosophy too, so I was like kind of deciding between a few different things. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of it's the story is actually kind of crazy because it's such a crazy chance encounter. I did not do that much flyering. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because oh. I was busy like at the truck, I so see. I maybe went out there. It was probably just on a lark because we had just gotten started. Oh, interesting. Um, so I was probably out there just that day, maybe uh-huh. two days. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like crazy that i happen to be wearing the shirt and he happened to to like the shirt yeah 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 that's great and also i would love to hear about your interviewing style because dude's a phd candidate and a hot dog truck owner is his i'm i gave you the hardest interview of your life is that what you're saying Not the hardest but like definitely up there and i would say um wow. you know when you before you know jason right i think jason's very unreadable um <laughs> i would agree with that yeah i would say that and i was like man this guy is like very serious about some of these things i gotta like really ace this interview <laughs> oh boy wait <laughs> but it did not game. feel like it was necessarily going well halfway wow. through <laughs> wow. what, were, what was your impression of him during the interview do you remember were you like oh he's in or were you like no no i need to i need to ask him more no questions definitely about i was like buns. before the interview even started i was like i'm gonna hire this guy i don't know maybe i was just why, like why having you... some fun with it i, I have no idea <laughs> I usually make a decision like very, very quickly. I see. Yeah, and I think the fact that we already had a few interactions, and he seemed eager to to get a T-shirt to get the T-shirt. Were you paying like, him in T-shirts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got like a trunk full of yeah. these T-shirts. <laughs> so, a lot of sizes that you don't need, Skylar. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. I wish I had more. Actually, that one I had Ooh. got covered in hot dog grease. <laughs> oh, do you? I have some more. I should send you. Yeah, can I, I get one? You. Yeah, yeah. I think I probably have another one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've alluded to Skylar's current trajectory, uh, and unfortunately, hot dog magnate is not the <laughs> path you chose, Skylar. But yeah, our topic today is, I believe, a passion of yours, and it is evolution. Right. Yeah. So it's really interesting, Skylar. What is evolution? Yeah. To you. So I, I was thinking that we could kind of center our conversation around this one, I think, kind of interesting paper that came out in the early 90s where someone was, uh, this guy Thomas Ray was trying to um, uh, understand maybe some basic principles of evolution from the outside, essentially creating digital life in a computer that was completely separate and different from regular life in real life, like in the world, and try to see like what sort of emergent properties come out of that kind of system where you have just the system of evolution at play. Um, and so I think that's going to, you know, hopefully, you know, I was kind of thinking we might talk a little bit about that, a little bit about, um, you know, what even is like an organism or what even is life, a living thing, uh, and kind of, yeah, talk about some of the results from that as well as just whatever people think. I think evolution has been something I've really enjoyed thinking and talking about. And I find that, um, you know, everyone has an opinion that I think, you know, because it's 
not something you can really prove how everything happened. You know, I think there's a lot of fun discussion to be had. There, so, yeah. How did you first get into evolution? Because I think we all learned it at some point during our academic careers, but it sounds like you actually took this concept and really ran with it. What, when did you first learn about evolution? And Yeah. So I've always been really into biology. And you know, when I retell the story, it kind of makes my life seem very linear, even though it didn't feel that way. But um, the first, you know, when I was a little kid, like three, four, five, I loved watching nature documentaries. And that's what I did with all my time. Oh. Much like Steve, Cor- you know, like Steve Irwin or Jeff, Cor- you know, Jeff Corwin or David Attenborough documentaries. And that was the first thing I wanted to be as a kid was to be um, the host of a nature documentary. Uh, and I think that the aspects of these organisms are also different and they're so different for like, you know, these different functions they have and different niches they fill. And it's like, it was really incredible to me. Um, and I mean, that's all evolution, right? So uh, we just kind of went from there to, you know, it's always been a, an interest and a passion of mine, I would say, and even though I'm not necessarily doing anything evolution wise in lab, like research wise right now, um, it is something that I've always been, you know, always have fun talking about. Thinking. Wow. Did, did you notice cool. this when, I mean, did you ask him about his personal, like, hobbies and passions in the hot dog truck or was this all business like you just you just heard about it just now this is my first time hearing about this yeah like you were just like uh listen i only i need a body i don't (laughs) care about what you like i care about results (laughs) yeah (laughs) because i'm now getting a very distinct interview style from you i need a passion (laughs) i need to see a passion for hot dogs i see i see i need to see the ability to throw away prior passions (laughs) just disregard them your calling should be kielbasas. Yes. <laughs> a kielbasa calling. Yes. That's right. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> uh, but, but that's not the, the, your field of study in your PhD right now. Uh, not specifically. I guess evolution touches on everything. But um, no, I'm currently working on uh, basically like more molecular biology, following up on some interesting quirks of translation, um, formate the production of proteins in cells. Yeah. Kind of how some of those strange quirks are utilized by viruses and there's an interplay between the hosts and viruses there. I feel like that is a very topical yeah. <laughs> pursuit right now. I, I don't know if you've heard what's been happening for the last year and a half. <laughs> it seems very relevant. Yeah, so, there's actually an irony to it because I had decided on that project literally right before the pandemic had oh, really? become a big deal. Yeah, it was like a few months before and then suddenly the pandemic hit and I was like, oh, whoa. Right field, yeah, right. Good job. A lot of, I feel like a lot of. Were you working on? (laughs) Were you working on it in a lab? And did something (laughs) go wrong? (laughs) I wasn't working on. I've never worked on COVID, but um, you know, COVID also does this. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. Interesting. So, uh, you you did bring up a few topics that you wanted to cover. One of the first topics I did want to ask you is, what is an organism? Because I I thought there was a pretty defined. Yeah, but if you Answer were to ask me, like, I wouldn't be able to define it. Oh, I was gonna. I would say uh, something with flagella. <laughs> well, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's the requirement. That's a, do you have flagella? I guess I. I guess I do. You do. Right? You're made up of cells that have flagella. Your sperm do. Boom, flagella. Yeah, but what makes me? You know, like, what is me? What am I? Like, <laughs> am I a, am I the sum of some component? Yeah, some component parts. Some you're of which a, you're have the sum of multiple things don't. with flagella. A certain number of flagella. <laughs> exactly. You have. Do you have more than it's, ten million flagella? It's, it's, in the, it's like you have greater than. Yeah, exactly. It's greater than <laughs> or equal to. 
<laughs> a minimum number of flagella. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Wait. Uh, <laughs> wait. We should stop talking. Okay. We are. Yes. Uh, aside so from our conspiracy base. theories about what an organism is, maybe we should have the PhD candidate in biology tell us what is an organism. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like when I first started in my PhD, um, you know, you get a bunch of nerds together in a room, right? And you start talking about all kinds of things. And there's sometimes disagreements and sometimes like, you know, things like that. And one interesting thing that kept coming up actually for my class, at least, was this concept of like, what exactly is a living thing? What does it mean to be alive? What are the criteria and requirements for that? And there's disagreement, right? I mean, it's still contested, right? It's not like there's any one answer. Um, is it love? Love? I think that love makes life better. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Did I just... you just ask if love is... <laughs> okay. Because he said, well, what does it mean to be a living thing? And I was like, love. Because I've heard that love is what keeps us together. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And then I've also heard all you need... Is love. Is flagella. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> right. Mind That's blowing. the answer, um, man. <laughs> Whoa. Are we all super high right now? I feel like we might all just there might be a collective marijuana very cloud weird energy. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just my southern drawl has my yes, southern yes, California yes, yes. drawl has that effect on it's people. It's that southern California drawl that I'm so <laughs> particular about. Um with life, I feel like the definition, right? There's like I think kind of a classical definition that I remember learning in middle school, right? Is a ton of criteria. It's like it responds to stimuli, things that are alive. Take in resources uh, and res- expel waste. I remember that. They reproduce. They are ordered in some way. Uh, they grow and develop and they regulate and have homeostasis, right? They, they maintain some balance that can be distinct from their environment, right? And so I think there's all these criteria that are throwing in, thrown in there. And I think it's a discussion on whether all of these are actually valid and necessary criteria for something to be alive, right? And I would actually, you know, pare that list down to one. Um, but some people have different opinions about that. Wow. So you, you have a universal rule of what an organism is. What is it? Yeah, I have a strong feeling on this. And my strong feeling on this is that all that's required for something to be alive is that it has the ability to make more of itself. And then the process of evolution acts on it. And I think, I think that constitutes life. I mean, you're oh. responding to stimulus like that. All that doesn't... I mean, robots respond to stimulus, like all kinds of things respond to stimulus, right? Like it's, it depends on what you're considering the stimulus, right? Like I don't respond to magnetic fields, right? And like, is that I mean I'm not alive if that's all you're checking? Oh, okay. If you let your imagination kind of go, there could be all kinds of things that would be hard to actually test for responding to stimuli. But also, I don't think it's necessarily a requirement anyways. Um, oh. Like you can imagine like some organ, something that makes more of itself, fulfills all the requirements of, you know, what we would see as life, but just like is completely doesn't care at all about environment, just kind of floats around and does its thing. Right. And I mean, I think, you know, that's not probably how any life really is, but I guess I just don't think that it's a requirement of something to be life. But there's a lot of like animals where you don't replicate yourself on your own. Right. What do you mean? It takes two to tango. Right. So are we only half alive? (laughs) Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying that like, it's not like, because there's organisms obviously that, that can, you know, just split. But the way I interpret it is that any organism by On any means can uh-huh. reproduce, whether it's with another organism or whether it's I see, splitting I see. by itself. Okay. And I think it's actually a really great question, a really insightful question, because I think, uh, you know, one kind of classic example that people tend to disagree on is whether a virus is alive, right? Because a virus can't reproduce on its own. It requires a host. 
Mm. But doesn't that, but like, again, the way that you define it, though, by any means, as long as a virus can replicate however it chooses to, like, I would argue that a virus is alive. Yeah. And I, that's how I feel as well. All right. I think that that kind of plays into the question that you asked, Jason, really well, that, you know, like, yeah, I mean, even we can't reproduce completely on our own. Right. And there's always going to be some requirements um, and they just need to be in the environment of another cell. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always thought that life is about, you know, other people, you know, <laughs> yeah, life is about others, you know, other people specifically yeah, other people, you know. OK. Yeah, but I remember um, getting, getting into a little bit of, not trouble, but like getting into um, heated arguments with people in my program and other professors and, and professors and stuff um, over this like thought experiment I had where um, I think it kind of plays into things like prions and things like that. Like, what is the limit on this? Like, I think a lot of people would agree that viruses are alive in some way. Um, but then, you know, I had this metaphor that um, is a little out there, which is like, if you had a rock in space that had a specific shape that when it hit other rocks kind of like it, it like made that rock look, you know, it kind of like bumped into it and would look kind of like itself. And this really bizarre, like super unlikely scenario, if it could keep doing that or do that in any way, then I would say that's life too. Oh, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I, I, well, no, I, well, so I kind of get well, that experiment, right? Because it's the rock like, bumps into another rock. That, How like, much of replicating yourself is about physical, like outward similarities? Right. I think it's less about how it looks and maybe that's a mistake in how I explained it, but it's more about <clears throat> kind of the functional properties of that rock, right? Like if a rock of a very specific shape hits another rock and something about that shape means that when it hits other rocks like it, that other rock kind of becomes more shaped like that or becomes shaped like that and now has that ability to like bump into others and make them shaped like them. Then I think that is sort of like imparting like a, um, it's a reproduction of that function, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a transmission it's a transmission of some property of the original rock. But that's just one function. Like, is that enough to show to say that like I mean, I've replicated successfully if it's just one function that's been transferred? Sure. I guess something to think about is like if this kind of shape exists, right? This kind of functionality exists, then you can imagine that like when things bump into others, there's never nothing in the universe is really like perfectly without error, right? And there's gonna be minor deviations from that that original shape. And if there's minor deviations from that shape and this function really exists, you know, you can imagine there being like slightly varying functionalities that start to emerge. Which is evolution, basically, right? Exactly. And so it's sort of just like, can you imagine evolution happening on something that's completely separate from life as we know it? And like, will this ever happen? Probably not. I mean, I don't know. This seems a little ridiculous, right? But if something like this did exist and was made out of rocks, I think in the long run, it would develop some sort of complexity if there were enough rocks of this type around. Oh, interesting. And then like, there's this sort of distinction, there's a sort of like question of like, at what point is that now life? And I would just say, you know, if we have to draw that line, I would just draw it early. I think it's interesting because isn't that, I think Jason's question is that if it's only a single property, can we really call that life? I, I guess the only th the, the thing that I'm picturing, which is kind of ridiculous is like, Kelsey, if you gave birth yeah. to a, dog yep <laughs> and the only thing you had in common with this dog is that your right nostril is slightly bigger than your left did you successfully replicate yourself that's another really yeah. great question because i feel like this is also a discussion that um is kind of interesting is this question of what is the unit of evolution, right? Like, what is the, yes. uh, what are the subjects of evolution? Is it like, is it me or is it my, you know, like a, a trait. stretch of DNA, yes. you know, et cetera, right? A trait, um, 
you know, some people even apply this to, you know, um, emergent properties and societies like religion and um, beliefs and memes and things like that. Right. So um, things, the thing that evolved uh, doesn't have to be um, an organism as we define it as like one physical you know, property. Physical yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. Right? It could be like, you know, something even below that level down to the level yeah. of like um, a single gene down to the level of, um, you know, maybe even a shape of a protein, like a prion, right? And cancer is actually an interesting example of this because cancer is a situation where a cell type basically like splits away from the normal regulation of growth from the rest of the body and takes over. And in some senses, that's sort of like now competing with the host or parasitizing the host as its own organism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that was actually the question I was going to ask is, be and I think Jason's very specific scenario highlighted it, <laughs> is... Like, am I what I am defining as life? Is the dog offspring the definition of what life is? Or is it the trait of the right nostril being bigger than the left nostril? Is the trait itself what we see as being reproduced over time? Almost like, I guess to take your examples, like red hairedness, right? If I have red hair and I pass it on to my kid and they have red hair, is it me as an individual that I say like that... that is alive and is living or even just like the trait of red hairedness, the thing that's getting passed on and moved forward. So you're saying the trait is life. I could see in a, an idea that if the trait itself can reproduce and survive, then it's like a lot more theoretical, but yeah, potentially. Well, right. Is that, is yeah, that I mean, I'm totally. I think if we think of the central goal of all life in this kind of, you know, maybe teleological way, um, uh, in the context of evolution as being like, um, you know, to reproduce and make more of itself, right? That's always the singular goal of all of life, right? Which we may or may not, we can talk about that. Um, then really, um, yeah, whatever is making more of itself could be thought of as sort of the unit of that, um, whether it's a single yeah. trait, a single gene, yeah. um, et cetera, right? Um, and those don't have to necessarily be in line with its context, right? Like I could have a single gene that wants to take over and it might be sort of agnostic to whether I, you know, do well as an individual or not, if that gene is out everywhere in the population, right? I mean, we, we're, it's kind of crazy to think because you, you could almost imagine humans just being hosts of life, right? Like if, if the idea is for me to pass on yeah, black hairedness. I don't like this at all. Yeah. You're, you, <laughs> you, Jason, you're the thought of the, the sum of parts that make you up. The idea that the sum has some overarching meaning, meaningless. Yeah. You are nothing <laughs> but a vehicle for your traits to move forward and be reproduced in the yeah. future. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it's wild to think that evolution is occurring at every single scale, right? It's occurring at the scale of whole animals like us. It's occurring at the scale of within those animals, like our cells could be competing against each other. You know, even down the level of genes competing against other genes, right? There are some, in some organisms, some situations we found or that people have found that, um, one gene competes against the other locus of that gene to like preferentially end up in the developing embryo or something that um, it kind of takes over in that way, regardless of what's good for the organism, right? Mm. You know, what's crazy too is the way that Skylar was talking about other things that we would not traditionally think of as evolution, like the evolution of ideas or religions. Uh -huh, yeah. And actually, I think, I don't know if this is related to the article you were talking about, Skylar, but you were talking about like the digital properties of evolution of that paper from the nineties or something. Yeah. They made organisms in a digital space. Oh, oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's interesting because you can, there is the very scientific biological definition of what evolution is. 
But then if you apply that same concept to someone might have started Christianity, you know, mm -hmm. thousands of years ago. But because over time, as that gets passed down from person to person, that the idea of Christianity gets reproduced to other people. When someone who might take the idea of Christianity and start mixing it with other things to create offshoots of Christianity, yeah. then you've got this like evolution and this narrative and history of how Christianity has evolved into Catholicism mm -hmm. or Methodist or I don't really know the other types of Christianity, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, but like but that, that's you what's could, creating. Yeah, and you could say that we are hosts for ideas. Correct. And that yeah. is it. We are, yeah. that is all our function is. Really all we are, are hosts of podcasts. Correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some hosts are paid more than other hosts. Hey, when you're married <laughs> to the executive producer, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. You're either a host of a podcast or you help produce a podcast. Yeah. And I feel like the producer of the podcast is underpaying one of the hosts oh, of the podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We understand. You, you, it's a, you it's a parasitism. <laughs> it yeah. is a parasitism. I am very... She does feed me, which has been nice. Yeah. She's more feeding predator me. predator-prey situation, I guess. I would say, yeah. I think it's more of like a symbiotic relationship. I'm I like, see. I'm like the... Your uh, barnacle? <laughs> I think Jason's like the hippo. And I'm that bird that just like hangs out with the hippo. The and hippo? Just, yeah. And like eats the, the, the bits of food that the hippo can't eat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. By the way, great teeth food today, Jason. Good. It was delicious. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's crazy to think. I mean, and it's funny because you had also mentioned that you were going between biology and philosophy. And I was going to ask, wow, those are two very disparate fields. But actually, the way that you're thinking about it, I see that it's, it is not as disparate as I thought. Yeah. I mean, I sort of think strongly that um, all science is just philosophy. Like most of these fields are just, you know, whether they're science or not, I guess, like social science as well, are just like philosophy applied to some topic. Right. And I think that uh, we think of philosophy as very specifically like thinking about big questions of what if this, Why what if that? Here? Why are we here? Yeah. Exactly. What is good? What is bad? But um, I think philosophy is just yeah, trying to understand and um, very deeply and rigorously doing that. And I think science is that. Yeah. That's why well, a PhD is a philosophy doctorate, right? Yes, a doctor Whoa. of philosophy. That's correct. Well, can we actually talk more about this paper? Because I, maybe we haven't really covered the main tenets of what the paper is highlighting. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, yeah, so what, what is this, uh, this research paper that you were referring to? Yeah, so this paper, um, it's titled... Uh, it's titled the... Oh man, I forget. It's like evolution, ecology, and optimization uh, of digital organisms. Damn, great title. Yeah, so it came out a long time ago, 1991, I guess, when computational biology was still kind of early on. I just love the way this paper was written. It was very, um, you know, there are like quotes from science fiction, and there's like idea, like really big ideas just kind of thrown in there. Of, you know, the central premise and central goal of the work was to try to understand evolution in life better. And that there's some limitation to that when we only study our own life, right? The life that we know of on earth. Mm. There's some practical limitation that we don't know if life exists out there and also how would we ever get to it to study it. Um, but what we can do is we can develop a completely different orthogonal type of life um, synthetically in a computer. And so that was the goal of this work was to try to understand better by building a synthetic version of life and seeing what happens. Uh, and so this guy, Thomas Ray, he, he developed this uh, coding language and coding environment that he called Tierra, which is just Earth in Spanish. And basically, it's a situation, it's an environment in which there are two sort of main things. And getting back to this 
resource analogy that we had just talked about, the central metaphor here is that there is some resource that organisms are made of and competing for, and that's going to be two things, right? There's an energy resource, which in Earth life is things like, you know, um, chemical and, and radiation energy, always originating from mostly the sun um, for the most part. That, that uh, energy resource is used to organize some sort of matter resource, right? Um, in the case of us, it's carbon and, and you know, um, trace metals and things like that. But nitrogen, is that included to keep our chips fresh? Nitrogen, a lot of nitrogen. Actually, Good one. Phosphorus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so in that analogy, the central metaphor of this work is that this energy resource, which normally for Earth life is the sun and things like that, is going to be CPU time. So they're going to be competing for CPU time. Mm-hmm. And CPU time is used to organize memory or RAM. And so the organisms are, you know, basically machine code instructions of some length in this stored in RAM. They're competing to kind of fill up that space. And they're also taking turns each on the CPU. The time the CPU is sliced and it's divided evenly amongst them. And they all take turns to, turns to kind of approximate um, some parallel life, uh, parallel action. And so basically the whole thing starts to inoculate that world with a single um, somewhat minimal organism of 80 instructions. Um, he made this machine code to, to make it easier for things to happen by mutation. Um, normal machine code is like very brittle. Um, if you change one or two things, it kind of just stops working. So this one is... Um, very, very minimal so that, you know, each one, zero, et cetera, combo is... Um, so this guy made the Matrix? Like, what's happening yeah, yeah, yeah. here? He, like, the matrix. <laughs> yeah. he wrote the Matrix, Thomas, right? Is this the architect? Yeah. <laughs> this is Colonel Sanders? Yeah, yeah. You, well, you know what this, you know this kind of this sounds like? Is if you just take, like, a computer game, right? The creator of the computer game probably has a specific intent, but sometimes, like, people will just do things that the creator did not intend for people to do, and then it creates, like, weird things that kind of happen that are outside the rules of the game that were set and it does it just kind of sounds like this thomas ray character was building his own version of this (laughs) Um, because we're all just characters and hosts for black haredness yes (laughs) but it does seem like that he's basically creating his own version of a simple computer game with the intent of seeing how these random mutations of the instructions can evolve yeah, which is nuts to me. And what, what was what was like? The- this actually originates, I think, um, influenced or inspired by a game that actually existed, and it still exists called Core Wars. It's like a game amongst hackers. You code and create these little digital warriors, like pieces of code, basically that try to take over a section of RAM. And uh, you can do things like you know try to rewrite their code, try to like you know find them, etc. Oh, in this wow. whole world, and and it's so like try to replicate bots. like crazy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like with with lines of code, and I with think here it's just happening on its own. That's crazy. So there's a few. I, I kind of feel like I went too deep in the hole, but I'll try to make it quick. They're fighting over CPU time. They're fighting over memory space, and they basically have the functionality at the beginning of just like being able to copy themselves, look themselves up, copy themselves to a new slot. Um, and mutation rate is sort of set that things at some rate flip between ones and zeros. Um, and when they copy things, they sometimes do it wrong. When things happen, they sometimes those actions happen erroneously. Um, and so there's some error. And that's pretty much the system. So what happened? I guess yeah. what are the takeaways well, yeah. for that? Like, what was he just like, he he built a sentient being that just started murdering <laughs> people. Is, and then Skyler, he... Where Skylar's like, what happened? 
look around, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All the podcasters turn off. So he actually makes multiple notes in the paper, um, trying to be like, like you know, don't worry, don't worry. I made this in a different machine code. <laughs> I know it's on its own server. It's not like you know, it's on its own computer. It's not like linked up to anything. Spread. Yeah, yeah. So that because I think he was very worried. It sounds like he was very worried that you know that this is something that could get out and take over you know, the internet or take over the world. Right. Um, and so he kept it very isolated. So I don't think we have to worry too much about that, at least from this case, but obviously it's been 20 years maybe something happened, but anyways, um, I think, uh, yeah, it's really quite remarkable kind of a lot happened. So he lets it go for billions and billions of cycles, right. Billions and billions of actions and sees what happens. And, um, along the way you see some pretty wild things come up. So, as you might imagine, you throw in this, like what they call the ancestor, right? Um, this initial program of 80 instructions. It just copies itself and makes more of itself. Right. Um, and, you know, in the beginning, nothing happens. It just takes over the whole RAM, right? Yeah. It just makes more of itself. And then um, as space becomes limiting, as cycles become limiting, um, you start to see emergence of different kinds of organisms popping up. Whoa. Like, is it like 81 instructions now? <laughs> is it like, what? Like, do they create a new, like, what happened? Yeah. What? Mostly they get shorter, right? Because you can imagine oh. that if you're shorter, it takes less instructions, takes less CPU time to copy yourself. Wow. Oh my gosh. But there's also ones that, I mean, it's, it's pretty remarkable what he was able to capture. So um, if we believe this, right? I mean, but uh, basically the first thing you see often is you see the formation of parasites. And I think parasites is something that you see always in life. Life is just full of parasites. There's parasites on parasites on parasites. And that is just like, that is just, you know, a law of life, I think, that eventually there'll be something that parasitizes the, the masses. Um, so you have this like, entire space you're taken up by the original <laughs> ancestor organism, right? And then you basically have these shorter ones that pop up that they lose the ability to copy their whole selves, right? They lose some of these functionalities. So they're shorter, but they don't have all the capabilities to, to, to copy themselves. And so they actually steal that functionality from ones nearby. They read and copy, oh. they take that functionality from ones nearby and they use that. It's like, I don't have to carry around a hammer if I can just kind of steal it from the person next to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so eventually these things kind of, they, they do really well, right? But then you find the emergence of resistance to parasites. They modify their things slightly so they can't be looked up anymore, right? They can't Ooh. be stolen. Um, and these ones do really well. They take over. And then some parasites circumvent this protection and they start like parasizing again, right? They start to figure it out. And then um, you have this kind of steady state happening after this, where you have the emergence of what he calls the hyperparasite or the parasite of the parasite. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> this is terrifying. And so basically the parasite of the parasite, um, now when a parasite tries to steal their tools, right? They actually trick them into running a different code, which copies um, the hyperparasites code, right? Making, um, basically setting them up to not make more themselves, make more of the hyperparasites. So they steal the term oh, from the parasites. Wow. Oh, this is jacked up. <laughs> this um, is, where does this, this end? Is, is there an end or is it still running? I feel like it goes a there's, there's a little more, all right? There's a this little is, more. Okay, going. Yes, I'm in. Okay, and so basically you have these things take over and they kind of drive the parasites to extinction. Because the parasites are no longer copying themselves. Now they're only copying yeah. like oh, it's just hyper. Yeah. the okay. hyperparasite, right? And then the hyperparasites, when they take over to like full um, uniformity, right? 
they start to lose certain functionalities, start to share certain things. They become these like social hyperparasites is what he calls them. And they form these communities in which um, there is sharing of turns. There's like sharing of functions and things can all be shorter. So they all do well, but they all can fit more themselves in this, oh. in this matrix. But, um, uh, but they don't, and they don't have to care everything they share. Right. And so um, that does really well for a long time. Oh, like community. Oh, a community, exactly. These community dynamics are to form, these emergent properties are to form. Wow. And of course, um, there's a parasite to the community that comes out too. That ones that take the sharing, but they don't share back, right? They're even shorter. They don't have any uh, functionalities. They just take. Is that where it ends? Like that's that's where... Um, he didn't run it forever. He stopped at a certain point and wrote the paper. But, um, you know, maybe something oh, would happen man. after. And he's run this. It sounded like he, you know, he talked about running this from start from scratch multiple times. Um, and doesn't comment a lot on other things that he found, but he does find other things start to happen, right? Like there are cases in which they, you know, there is a certain order of events in which they do things. They look up the beginning, look up the end of their length um, to find where they are in the code. Um, and then they start copying, right? There are some that find it's, you know, shorter and easier to like look up, not the front to the end, but to look up like some random place in the middle and then calculate the length based on that. Um, there's all kinds of random things like this happening. Um, and he basically lets it go for some of these. And he finds that this evolution on its own helps to produce, um, can be driven to produce incredibly short and concise and efficient, um, pieces of code that do the same thing. So he started at 80, which was the best that, um, you know, he could do, um, at least, you know, just to start out with. Um, and the system produced one that could do the same functionalities with like 22 instructions. Wow. Oh. Well, well, because he had restarted this experiment from scratch multiple times, were there common principles that emerged every time he restarted them? Yeah. Was there always a hyper parasite? <laughs> I don't think that always happened, but, um, it seems like parasitism tends to, tends to evolve. Like that's a, that's kind of a commonality across all the, the different, even though like the, the end result might be different. I mean, look around. Nice, Jason. <laughs> nice. Solid. But he doesn't comment on most of them, right? So it's unclear. Um, so so this might be a, a bit of a stretch, but um, I did read this book called Homo Deus, which talks about the next iteration of Homo sapiens. Oh, okay. And he's saying that basically Homo Deus is almost like a intersection of machines and human beings. Oh, okay. Like mech warriors. <laughs> kind of. Just like mech warriors. Yes, cool. correct. Now, it's the idea that we're already starting to see humans integrating into machines. So things like nanobots being able to go into your bloodstream yeah. and kill cancer cells mm -hmm. and uh, artificial limbs yeah. and it having the same, if not better, functionality than yeah. your artificial art organs. Right, exactly. So they were saying that you have very efficient, like basically um, immortal human slash machines then yeah. these things will basically just like kind of live and then they'll also see human beings like you and me yeah. as inferior beings yeah, and then yeah, so yeah. he was taking cues as to what human beings currently see as inferior beings like animals and how we treat animals yes and he's saying uh, see, that we are basically yeah. very screwed when the homo deuce if and when they come to fruition yeah yeah because homo deuce is the hyperparasite. That's so. When yeah. he said hyperparasite, so, I was like, "We are holy crap! We are the we're on the path." Yeah, which freaked right. me out. Um, yeah. but 
Please. Uh, this idea of technology as being like a phenotype or being like a trait of a society or even like a person, right, of an individual of evolution is actually really interesting. Um, have you guys heard of like Ray Kurzweil and like the um, singularity? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's a yeah, very similar yeah. notion, which is like, you know, once, you know, technology advances at a rate that's exponential, right? Yeah. And at some point, if we meld with that technology, then evolution as a whole is now exponential. Um, and so things happen really fast. Things happen, things change really fast. Uh, and we, yeah, exactly. We become a completely different race, right? Yeah. Completely, completely different organism. Um, and I think there's something really interesting in the context of evolution to think about there, which is, you know, up till now, um, we're kind of hitting a paradigm shift in evolution with that, which is that up till now, evolution has just been random effects from like UV radiation and like chemical things changing at some rate, right. Or being added wrong or something like that. And there's some really random walk that's happening that some of those steps are good or, you know, beneficial to replication and those do well. And on the whole, like millions and millions of years, that works out to be progress. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but now like we're pretty much in charge of, you know, with engineering and technology, we're like, you know, it's not like I have to wait for an evolutionary, like a mutation to have a, you know, thir a third arm, right. I can just build like a third arm and stick it, stick it to myself. Yeah. This is getting this is getting uh, bananas because the person who introduced me to Ray Kurzweil was an old coworker, and he he came up with this crazy thought experiment, which basically says that we're all essentially in a simulation right now. Yeah, that all humanity is in a simulation right now, and I think it's related to what Skylar is saying is, if technology is evolving so rapidly, like if you take Moore's law for example, the idea yeah. that I think uh, the number of Transistor. Transistors on a, on a chip is doubling every, what, like year yeah. or something, right? Every 12 months or something like that. At that rate, we have to have gotten to a point of like the singularity where everything that humans think of as reality could presumably be a simulation because of how exponential technologies have evolved. Yeah, you're talking about the Matrix. I am. <laughs> everything we <laughs> Yeah, basically. Everything we're talking about is, is the Matrix. Matrix. It's right nuts, now. though. But like, it, it at first when he told me, I'm like, that's insane. And I was like, it's the Matrix, right? <laughs> and then he goes explaining it to me, and I was like, oh, if you actually buy into this, yeah, the Matrix which is makes not sense. unreasonable, <laughs> mm -hmm. like it's true. Yeah. And if this is the Matrix, I'm the one, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. Have you been able to like change things in the Matrix? Like no, that's the criteria, so. right? No, I think the criteria for being the one is never visiting Davis. I think that's that's like a clear. It's a very. I'm the one. I am the person one. who has never visited Davis. Yes, yes that's me. That's crazy uh, because I've heard this like philosophically. I've heard this from like a technological evolution standpoint, but I've never heard it from like a. The, the tie to evolution and biology makes sense, but I never made that connection until just talking to Skylar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. It's Yeah. I mean, it's just like a, this paradigm in which now evolution is not necessarily random, right? Yeah. I was actually going to ask you because I, maybe it was, it was initially a misunderstanding, but based on this paper, what do you think about like the idea of the metaverse now becoming a thing? You know, like that that's now becoming kind of like that next step of okay like we have real life and then now we're coming up with this digital life yeah now like what do you think are we is a step are we going to homo are we homo deus now honestly i already feel like we're not quite the same humans who were right i mean i feel like when i don't have my phone i honestly feel more naked than when i'm naked 
<laughs> my <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> my it's, hands, it's strange yeah. and it's it's you know yeah. i don't know how that happened or when that happened but um yeah, yeah i mean our phones are these crazy metal blocks that have the key to the vast majority of human knowledge um and communication like almost instant communication anywhere with any human it's kind of like um you know are we already fused with our technology in some way it's just not physically attached are we already yeah. you know like in some sort of hive mind you see these emergent properties and like meme culture and things like that which i feel like you can't really understand it unless you're in that you know mm-hmm. um, it's kind yeah, of freaky i think the thing i'm thinking about is there's this idea of competing for space yeah right? competing for resources but like with the metaverse and you know whatever digital realms there's Infinite. it's like unlimited space yeah. right so maybe there is you know less like motivation to be parasitic and like be, be hyper competitive because you just like find your space but do you then, think that's true and there's like boundless like energy I, and like whatever that you can get from where you are but i'd like to believe that but it's almost like the more space you have the more people want to consume yeah so it's it's a question of what moves faster right i think it's the consumption honestly it's just <laughs> there's like, a limit to how much we can consume right if we can consume it more efficiently almost like kind of like what he was saying that you can go from like 80 to 22 like if i can start it's doing like that, it's, it's like going from a from a blog post to like a tweet to like yeah totally talk to like you know like it's just smaller smaller no it's like but, instruction but, set but totally <laughs> but like you know like the idea of like clickbait right like if i like you can i guess you get like the gist of a 20 page article in like a in headline yeah 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 that's kind of freaky so yeah we're all parasites i think that's that's what i've learned no, no, we're we we host parasites. Correct. Well, it's weird because we do both. I think we do both. Yeah, because we're parasites on like. No, it's because we're the hyper parasite. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Correct. Because you think <laughs> you think that you're gonna you take it from me, but I'm it's just funny from you. because we're just talking now. It's got to say anything because he has successfully just like. Yeah. ruined us. He's let, yeah, yeah. He, no, he's, he's the hyperparasite. Hyper he thought he's like I'm gonna do and, your podcast, and now we are now, replicating. You let him. me on your show, oh, now I'm never gonna leave. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we've replicated his ideas. This and then when, when listeners uh, like click the next episode, it's like Skyler talking. No, it's gonna go. <laughs> it's just the, like the we're next, not even there the anymore. The next episode is gonna be <laughs> Skyler and Skyler have <laughs> friends. <laughs> Those be, dude, those be two is, Skylers. Yeah. <laughs> dude, this, okay, this started, <laughs> this went from a, oh, we're going to talk about a random topic to this is now a full-blown conspiracy theory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once you start talking about the metaverse, like, it's over. It's done, yeah. It's over. We've, we've hit, we basically, we've done what the metaverse is intending for us to all do <laughs> anyway. Um, that's bananas. I think that's what I've learned. Yes. <laughs> Life is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah. If anything, Gwen Stefani knew. Um, wow, that was... I don't even know where to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... I like, I'm still digesting. Like, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, Lord, I, mean, okay. I think that sort of maybe... Um, the thing that I find really beautiful and elegant about evolution as an idea is that if you think about it in its simplest form, right? If you have something that can um, make more of itself and it's subject to some amount of change every once in a while, eventually you will have uh, evolution happening. Like evolution is happening on that thing. It's just so crazy to think that like, you know, all these things can emerge from that. 
just that simple property. And, you know, people think about the origin of life and that's like a whole field of biology now. It's trying to figure out how that all began. And um, this major hypothesis right now is just like a couple pieces of RNA, a couple pieces of nucleic acid stick together and can make more of themselves. And then all of life comes from that. <laughs> I don't know how to better end that than with that. <laughs> I think, yes, I... Cool. Well, thank you so much for, uh, you know, coming here to, to blow in our minds. To do yeah. that, to do what that was. <laughs> I forgot um, to ask um, Jason, how are mom and dad? So I don't know if I included this in my, um, of how I know Jason, but we're all, you know, I've also been adopted by Jason's family, as you know. So, um, <laughs> as we know, we knew that. How, yeah. 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 We how do are, actually. Yeah. Mom and dad, so, they, they haven't been returning my call since I stopped working at um, Dojo Dog. <laughs> No, they think about you. They they bring you up sometimes. Like whenever I whenever I mention Skylar, my my dad's always like, "Oh, my son." Oh, really? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm your son, Dad. <laughs> this, hyper, yeah. this this hyper parasite theory is becoming oh. more and more real. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe. Yeah. It's good. funny because Jason at the end of this is gonna go, "Hey, like Skylar, thank you so much for doing the podcast." And Skylar goes, "No, no, 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 no." Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then the end theme is Skylar's voice. Uh, wow, that is that is a lot of things. We're gonna yeah. now move on to this very heavy topic into into the pop quiz. Into the pop quiz. Pop quiz. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth transition. Oh boy. All right. Well, we just learned so much from you, but now it's time for your pop quiz, Skylar. So we're gonna start with top five. So. What are your top five tips for learning more about this freaky concept of evolution? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, my tips would be the same for any field of biology or science probably is to, you know, you can find pretty well summarized information and reviews online. So if you can look up like reviews in the field of evolution and field of origin of life or field of, uh, you know, synthetic biology and things like that, I think you could find um, kind of a lot of information, at least a lot of starting points, points for, um, for where to go from there. A lot of those are really, really well written and uh, written by people who are like leaders in the field. And it's always like fun to read. And by reviews, you mean uh, like academic papers? Like Yeah, they're academic papers reviews, that are basically yeah. like mini textbooks about some field. And they come oh, out okay. regularly, you know, every like few years, each field will probably have one. And um, they're, they're, uh, they're really informative. Um, and they summarize information and also give some insight. Um, mm. And I like those a lot. Those are great places to start. And then you can read the primary literature if you get even more invested in that. Wow. Um, I think that for this thing from Thomas Ray, I believe that there's actually like a video on it. I didn't watch it. I just read the paper. But um, yeah. So, so is that two? That's two. two. Um. Yeah. It does not need to be five, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a good place to start. Yeah. Great. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah. Look at that. Of, went from, he he went took from a top, top five. He took our instructions and he made it, it down to yeah, yeah. Yeah. Impressive. Freaking <laughs> out right now. Classic hyper Freaking out so much that I am being picked up by Jason's microphone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, good job on your top two creator <laughs> no i think you should be called ancestor right? ancestor <laughs> oh, man <laughs> all right uh so the next activity is called either or so basically i'm just going to give you two options and all you have to do is pick one all right gotcha i'm ready ninjutsu dog or sumo dog can i say neither 
and go for um <laughs> you're going for the punch. you're going for the death punch are these okay. are these hot dogs at your <laughs> yes truck so, yeah the nunchuck death punch is that the wow. best is that the best one no no so so what skylar is referring to are items off of our secret menu <gasps> Ooh, like in and out just like in and out yeah the oh, secret okay. menu inspired by in and out uh it's just different ways that we remix and amplify the ingredients that we have. <laughs> we evolved our ingredients. Yeah, exactly. The doji dog. So the nunchuck is when you don't. They, the, the hot dogs come in a row. They're all attached at the ends. Okay. The nunchuck is when you don't detach two of them and you cook two at once. That's the nunchuck. Yeah, because yeah. they're them, literally like a nunchuck, and, and, you then, hand them. and then you fold it. You okay. Know, so there's two dogs in in the bun. Oh, I see. So, do they fit in one bun? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the yeah. death punch is I I will take credit for this, and I think this is also the first item on the secret menu. When I make my own, I put every single ingredient we have in the truck on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, classic parasite behavior. <laughs> That's why I stuck around for a year and a half. Is that why your life expectancy dropped by eight years? <laughs> worth it. Worth it. Worth it. <laughs> he was. I think. He, I think he was the only person who ate that. Nobody ever ordered that off the secret menu. The secret menu has one <laughs> proponent. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Some like substantial fraction of the carbon in my body is probably still from Dojo Dog hot dogs. That's not something you want to brag about. <laughs> I'm okay with that's it. Just, that's just <laughs> that's just science. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Uh, tranquility or serenity? Serenity. That's the uh, winter melon one. The winter melon tea. I yeah. like that one. Oh, yeah. Is this like a Tazo tea or what is this? No, no, no. We we just made. Yeah, you made so, your own tea. Yeah, so the tranquility was like a mango jasmine tea, Ooh. and then the serenity was a a winter melon. Mm, lovely. Yeah. yeah. Quite good. All right. Uh, triple threat or nunchuck style? Here we go. Oh, definitely nunchuck style. The triple yeah. threat is like not as good. Yeah. The tri- triple threat was like a sampler flatter. Yeah. Three hot dogs? <laughs> no, it's not three hot dogs. So like we had three, we, the original three like flavors, I guess, okay. that we had. Um, the triple threat, we would split the hot dog into thirds. Oh, okay. And we would dress oh, it. So it is like... Um, so that you could try each one. So it's like a flight. It's like a hot dog flight. I was about <laughs> yeah. to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. a Neapolitan ice cream sandwich. Oh, that is a weird, <laughs> yeah, weird exactly visual. exactly what it is. such a weird visual. It's like an ice cream sundae. You know? Did you eat it with... A spoon, yeah, much like exactly. Neapolitan. Yeah, exactly. And would people scoop all three and eat them yeah, together? Scooping a mm. scoop a hot dog with a spoon, yum, gross. All right, cross country or lacrosse? Okay, I had more fun doing lacrosse, but I think cross country was probably better for me in the long run. Like I got really into yeah. fitness from that, which I think was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Lacrosse is pretty dangerous. Is it? Yeah. Very <laughs> good. Um. East Coast or West Coast? Yeah, speaking of which. West there Coast. is a right answer. Thank you. Correct. Yeah, West Coast, best coast. I think I'm a little biased yeah. because Boston food is bad, but that's a big deal to me. Also, my entire yeah. family is on food Coast and all my, fr- you know, all my friends from growing up. Yeah, but mainly Boston food is terrible. Yeah. Mainly, mainly Boston food is bad and expensive. Yeah. So really, it's just <laughs> you are really <laughs> lumping all of the East Coast into one city. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then basically <laughs> saying, I don't like the food in that city, so therefore the whole region sucks. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Yeah, there is good food. <laughs> when, you, when you really think about it, that is actually a very accurate statement. Well, I've been to many, many cities in the West Coast, and 
yet to have a problem. Ooh, okay. Right. I think the West Coast probably on average is is better eating. I think it's more diverse eating, and it's more di- which which is correlated. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. one thing is you do get like different diversity here, right? You get like um, more kinds of Caribbean food, which actually are very fun to try and good. But um, yeah, you guys miss Korean food and like Mexican food, which is something mm-hmm. over there. All right, um, Berkeley or Cambridge. I think honestly, when I went on all the interviews, right, for grad school, I found that Cambridge and Berkeley, of all the places I went, have the same or the most similar vibe. Mm. So MIT and Berkeley as schools, as like at least the biology program, the people were the most similar in terms of vibe. Oh, it's like interesting. real scrappy, like nerds, like, you know, just yeah, like yeah. down to be weird, just like, you know, nice. really fun in that way. Um and that wasn't the case everywhere, at least in that terms of that kind of vibe. Um, so I would say they're pretty similar, but I would say Berkeley because the food is better. Nice food yeah. seems to drive a lot of your decisions, which is I think a fair a fair way. No, a fair way to go. Berkeley food is like at least five to ten times better than wow. Cambridge food. <laughs> yeah, at, least, at, least. at least five times better. <laughs> nice. I, I see you're not biased at all, Skylar. Very level headed. <laughs> all right. Um, Cooking on a griddle or cooking in a pan? Griddle. Yeah. The griddle is really nice. Surface area. Woo. Yeah. It never, you're not really dropping. It's all about the essay. Can you just scoop it up? You just get it down and it's there. Scoop it up. Mm -hmm. But only on a cold and windy day because it was hot in that truck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. It was very hot. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking that's why of his hot... shirt got all greased up. Got the gr- the the sweat sealed in the grease, <laughs> and it wouldn't let the grease come out of that shirt that he had. Yeah, we literally were sweating with the dogs. Yeah, does OSHA <laughs> know about this? Like, do you need to file some workers' comp thing? Or I, I'm I'm willing to bet that's every single food truck and <laughs> restaurant experience <laughs> is what we're describing. So I'm sure they're aware. All right, cooking in a kitchen. Or cooking in a metal box of death. <laughs> <laughs> if I think if it if it had the griddle, depending on the day, the truck was better, just because the food came out better. But um, but probably in a kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But on a cold day, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. Okay. But on a day where there's thunder and lightning, like you gotta close, you gotta close. MBD up. all the way. MBD. You gotta go with <laughs> yeah. metal box. Of metal death. box of death. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, and last but not least, Jason or Kelsey, take your time. Whoa. Take your time. It's hard to pick. I mean, this is like picking between my actual brother and my spirit father. That's correct. <laughs> don't I ever know, forget man. this, Xantos. Don't, don't forget Xantos. Yeah, we don't pit family against family, man. Whoa! Whoa. But I'm real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's taken over. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. All right. Awesome. Well, very good work. Very yeah. excellent. I, I I found some of these answers to be very uh, revealing. Yeah, yeah. Both of you. And that's the Shockingly. purpose of the game. Yeah, that's yeah. why we play it. Shockingly. That's great. All right. Uh, the next game is going to pit Skylar versus Skylar 2 or Jason. <laughs> uh, we are going to play a game called Fact or Fiction Evolution Edition. Okay. How this works. I will read you a statement. And I will count to three. You need to tell me whether that statement is fact or if it's a fiction. Yeah. All right. So we will start with the first statement. A panda's thumb is actually an enlarged wrist bone that has evolved to allow the panda to hold onto its favorite food. 
Fact. True. Fact from Skylar. Fact from Jason. Okay. It is fact. Yes. Its favorite food is bamboo. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Very I know a lot of random animal facts from when I was... Um, I mean, oh, yeah, that's right. He has such an advantage. documentaries are screwed. <laughs> are these all animal facts? They are basically all animal facts. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Next statement. If all frog eggs survived and became froglets, the world would be knee-deep in frogs within 100 years. Fact. It is fiction. Whoa. Whoa. Because of evolution, many animals lay hundreds of eggs each year to ensure that even a few reach adulthood. If all froglets survived, the world would be knee-deep in frogs within 10 years. Whoa. Whoa. Facts. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. I, I wonder if that might f- feel nice. <laughs> kind of like a nice, cool, wet. It's like a, like a foot bath, but always. Yeah, it's kind of like those uh, those those tanks that have the fish eating the the skin, you know, the dead yeah, skin yeah, off your yeah, feet. Yeah. But it's the frogs eating at you because there's no room for them to actually go out and find. Yeah, but frogs don't bite yet; they just lap. Yeah, but if, imagine all those generations and evolution of teeth wielding frogs that become ankles. carnivorous. <laughs> there might be like one really really big one, you know, after a while, oh, evolved to be Whoa. huge, also known as the all frog. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, next statement. Scientists believe that wisdom teeth and the appendix are leftover equipment from when humans ate a primarily fish-based diet. Fiction. Fiction. Both fiction? It is fiction. Yeah. Wisdom teeth and and the appendix are assumed to be leftover equipment from when humans ate a primarily leaf-based diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which both of you are nodding your heads violently. Fibrous. Ooh. Even said the word... Fibrous. That describes leaves. (laughs) Green. Very fibrously. (laughs) Next statement. Junk DNA refers to regions of DNA that are non-coding, meaning they do not code for a protein. In the human genome, 98% of DNA is non-coding. He has such an advantage. On on three. One, (laughs) two, three. Fact. It is fact. Oh, nice. Nice. It's a very close game. Only a couple questions left. The platypus is the only mammal to have no relationship to reptiles. Fiction. It is fiction. The platypus is the earliest mammal offshoot from reptiles. They lay eggs but produce milk like other mammals. They have also evolved the ability to produce venom independently of its reptile ancestors. Whoa. So the earliest offshoot. So they're they're actually the closest thing to a reptile that's not a reptile. Wow. According to factretriever.com. That's yeah. cool. So it's like a reptile. Couple... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I guess. He knew that. No, you go that. Because you, you get the PhD. Why am I listening to him? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. But yeah, yeah um, there's there's a, um, a couple interesting things that popped up in my head. One was, uh, so the non-coding RNA thing, right? There's actually a lot of contention on that too, right? That um, it goes back and forth that, you know, most of our genome does not code for proteins. That's true. We know that vast majority of it. A lot of it's repetitive and therefore, you know, I don't know who, who's to say what that is and a lot of that's probably not being used for stuff but there's a lot of stuff that gets transcribed turned into rna that doesn't get translated necessarily that was thrown away as sort of like not that useful just kind of like erroneous transcription or something like that being made but not used um but a lot you know there is increasingly evidence that a lot of stuff is used for other things and acts as rna maybe or just the active transcription itself is functional 
Um, but then there's also now this new camp that's like, oh, those things are translated. We just aren't seeing a lot of it. You know, or, you know, it's very small or something. So it's a highly contentious thing, actually, to say that's junk. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there is some junk in that trunk. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. Good yeah. job. <laughs> I'm very good at translating into very technical answers for him. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to get a transcription yep. of this episode. Uh, next statement. Women currently are more attracted to men with a small jawline and flatter brow, suggesting women prefer evolutionary distinctions from our Neanderthal ancestors. Fiction. Uh oh. Jason, you say fact. This is the first time we've we've said something different. Yeah. Skylar, you say fiction. Yeah. The answer is fiction. I knew it. Women are more attracted to men with a large jaw and prominent brow, which are shaped by high levels of testosterone. Okay. We're yeah. still cave people, man. Yeah. Makes it hasn't been that long. Ooh, he even, he even, wow, he backed it that's up. That's what I'm saying. I, he just backed it up. I made that up specifically. <laughs> that last line was totally not true because I was like, you know, obviously, we're all still. He picked up on it. Wow. Okay. This is the last statement, Jason, hopefully pulling into a tie. Okay. One study found that men who were hungry preferred women with higher body weights. Fact. Fiction. Jason, you say fact? Yeah. Scott, I say fiction? Yeah. It is fact. Yes. Researchers suspect <laughs> yes. this happens due to an evolutionary response to resource scarcity. A heavier woman advertises access to more resources such as food. Wow. Yeah. I, makes sense. I debated asking that last question, but I think we will comfortably call this a tie. Good job. Yeah. Well done. Wow. Skylar, you now need to give it's your kinda... PhD to Jason. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it works. No, no, we no, got a tie. We got to split it. Yeah, yeah. We, we oh, I'm sorry. You get to split it. Yeah, sorry. You get half. You get half. You get half. I yeah, just yeah, wouldn't yeah. have thought we... that it would have mattered. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. I thought I was actually. I was. It was intentionally <laughs> I was, tricky. I was thinking about how um, hungry you are. If you go grocery shopping while you're hungry, you end up buying more food. <laughs> you don't buy or the food people. looks more appetizing no no not about like <laughs> buying the people but it's just like when you're hungry you start making different types of decisions oh i see like, yeah okay yeah. fair enough yeah cool. great and well you guys tied good job great all right next up we have a game called recommendations i'm going to give you some categories we just want a recommendation from you um yeah so first music okay um hmm who am I into these days? Uh, Orion's Sun is really good. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay. Totally this is why real. I like talking to young people. Totally real. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay, Checks cool. Checks out. <laughs> or Arlo Parks is also really good. Similar feel. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, movie. Can I give it a top three? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm. Big Fish. Oh. Princess Mononoke. Wow. That's nice. a very... Yeah. I mean, you've like... Yeah, Big Fish is... I remember something you talking to me about at the truck, yeah. Big Fish is a great movie. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. I would. Re- I kind of want to rewatch that now. That was a very good movie. Yeah, yeah. Very good, Rex. All right. How about TV? TV right now, I'm really into this anime called um, Osama Ranking or Ranking of Kings. Highly recommend. It's still going. I was sold after three episodes, so you got to watch at least three. Got wow. Okay, strong. I'm, okay, he says you have to. So now you have, have to, to. Okay. and you have to, and you have to watch three. I will check wow. up. I'll okay. check up on you. Uh-oh. <laughs> wow, oh boy. he is giving us homework. How yeah, is that? He's possible? giving us instructions. We're admi- we're administering the pop quiz, and we got homework. <laughs> yeah. Tell mom and dad to get them to watch it. <laughs> oh, you think they'd like it? Yeah, everyone will like it. Oh wow. Okay. Wow, that's really strong. Okay. 
uh, YouTube video. Mm. Okay, yeah. Um, it's called Pop a Shop Opera by Jack Stauber. Um, I think it was a series of shorts on Adult Swim. It is probably one of the weirdest things that I found during COVID um, on YouTube during my my deep dives, but um, high recommend. Got it. Wow. I think I think wow. you in particular would love it. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you personal recommendation. Wow. All right. And the not last everyone one will like it. Not everyone will like it. Some people probably find it disturbing or like kind of, kind of like uh, uncomfortable. But I think you would like it. Wait, yeah, Jason, what do you think about it. me? You'll like love what? It. <laughs> I think you'll love it too. Disturbing and uncomfortable. Yeah, that's my that's my bag. All right. But let how me about, know. How about it? Okay. <laughs> okay. How about a life hack? Mm. So I've gotten really into like learning completely useless talents. <clears throat> um. And one of those is like, I've learned how to tie my shoe really fast. Um, oh. You can do it without like, you know, you just, you don't have to like make a loop. That That's how I tie my shoe. Yeah. My wife taught me how to do that. There yeah, you go. Way way faster. It lays and it lays flatter. It is? Yeah. Mine doesn't. Mine kind of goes askew. Like it. Oh, you got to turn it the right way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm not turning it the right <laughs> way. <laughs> All right. Great recommendations. I guess. Thanks for the homework. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go and check it out. Yeah. And we're, we're going to move on to our last activity now. And it's called Won't You Haiku. So we're going to write a haiku together. Skylar, you'll, okay. you'll do the first line, five syllables, and then Kelsey, and then me. And together, we're going to write a haiku about evolution. Mm, okay. have one it's not very good i'm gonna think of a better one i thought this was dead <laughs> it's not it's a parasite Live to replicate. Nice. So we have a we have a doc. I thought you were gonna say this. No. Oh, okay. Because that's five. Uh, yeah, I know. Okay. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I could have said that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I was debating between a few things because hyperparasite is also five. Oh, that's the one I had locked that's and loaded, nice. but I but I wanted to do something that was a bit more that flowed a bit more with, it's what, not, you, with what you're saying. It's a parasite. <laughs> Parasite. Hyperparasite. Yeah, okay, great. fine. All right, let's go with that one. Okay. That's the one we'll put on the website. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and don't say it because when we cut it together, hyperparasite. <laughs> very cool. Well, good nice. job, Skylar. That was Thanks. that was very well done. You guys I... did a good job. Oh, thank we, you. We, that's we the don't first need your time. praise. That we know we did a good job. We crushed it. We consistently crushed it. That was nice. No one's ever said we did a good job. Yeah, I know. I appreciate it. I like. I know. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that feel that does feel yeah. good. No, no, well, no, no, no. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I'm freaking out. He's right like, now. He, and his he's, hands are firmly I, on the table turning it and <laughs> just, he's younger just aggressively you know I mean? turning he's it. the new he's like the new iteration of us yeah yeah yeah. exactly that's he's crazy the usurper yeah oh boy yeah well what i learned is skylar is a magician a sorcerer <laughs> and uh uh i, I learned i mean it was, it's kind of crazy just the 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 
the ties that you use to connect evolutionary biology to technology to what is life philosophy so i i i did kind of this went a very different way than i thought it was going to but in a way that i enjoyed because i really did like that we broached these like overarching topics that are explored in scientific settings and applying it to let's call it more of the humanities or social sciences of what do we think of technology? What does it mean to be in a community? What does it mean to be alive? Like all these really cool ideas. So it was a, it was a very interesting discussion and I'm never leaving this room. Yeah. Cause the world's not going to get at me. Yeah. You're, I you're, am not a host. <laughs> I am a person yeah. with feelings and thoughts. Yeah. And you're, you're welcome to, to stay. I am going to camp out here <laughs> indefinitely. Good. Yeah. Where do you think he's going to go? Oh, Oh my God. Oh, he's asking us Are questions you freaking me now. Out right now. I'm freaking out. He's like, Perfect, just like I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is freaky. Anyway, what did you learn, Jason? Uh, so I learned, I've learned. I guess I learned a few uh, ways of thinking. I guess it's a new yeah. perspective. Yeah, I think uh, I wrote down here a, a direct quote from Skyler where he said that life is parasites on parasites on parasites. Ah. So that you know, that's cool. Um, and I guess I also learned that we humans are just duffel bags full of. <laughs> traits ideas and errors that's just all that we are i do like that yeah i like it because mine comes with a side pocket oh that's nice yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. mine converts into a backpack yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> mine is water resistant oh very good uh, uh skyler but, what did you learn from us i'm sure a lot i learned a lot of so i was just watching some of these videos right or just, just the one with um dory i feel like i learned a lot about um jason and dory um <laughs> <laughs> I learned a lot about, um, you're talking about like development technology and, and humans and uh, deuce, um, homo deuce. Homo deuce. Check it out. Look I it never, up. It's kind of a crazy that. book. So I'm interested in that and sort of yeah, like yeah, what yeah. comes after, right? Like what are the ramifications of there being something that sees this as obsolete? Um, it's not good. Let me just yeah. spoil that for you. It, it does, does not, not end well for us. us. Yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Great. Um, Thank you so much, Skylar, for for being here. Thank you for taking the time and sharing your knowledge. And I, I was just thinking during our conversation, it, it really reminded me of all the hours that we spent in the food truck and the types of conversations that we had back then. So it was it was a nice, you know, it was nice to kind of relive that for a little bit. Oh. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I think overall, you know, thank you for being a friend all these years, and I'm so glad that our chance encounter led to you know this lo- long friendship that we've had. Also, get your T-shirt size from him so you can. Oh, send yeah. Him. yeah, yeah, I'll definitely send you yeah. send you a, a fresh Dojo Dog shirt. Yeah, awesome. I'll do that. Yeah, that's all. That's the only reason why he did that. That's <laughs> <only> <laughs> I, hey, uh, where can I get one of those shirts at? The shirt exactly. brought me in. It keeps me coming back. That's right. <laughs> Smart. That's the whole. The whole friendship is based on this one shirt. It's a, yeah. a transaction based friendship. Exactly. It was. It was a design. A design masterpiece. You know. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, but no, no, no. It's also. You know. I mean. I very much appreciate. You know. The. You know. Being in your life, and I feel like you know. I didn't join any clubs in college because I had Doja Dog. I didn't need it. Wow. Yeah. High praise. Wow. Yeah, it was a it was a really good time with, oh, and nice. with a lot of really great people. Nice. Yeah, I'm very, I look back very fondly on those that's years. Good. Yeah, yeah, I'm very proud of what we did. Yeah, good. Um, cool. So yeah, thanks again, Skylar. I want to thank all of you listening. Like, yeah, we really do appreciate it. We cannot do this without listeners. Yeah. So keep on listening. Keep on listening. Yeah, and have a, have a great week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
This has been Jason and Kelsey Have Friends. Executive produced by Dora. Talent managed by Kelly. Design and artwork by Hobby at madebyhobby.com. Theme song by Jason. Questions? Comments? Send us an email at jasonandkelsey at gmail.com or visit us at jasonandkelsey.com. If you haven't already, please rate and subscribe everywhere, multiple times. <laughs>